Hi, I'm Sam Fesich from the EduMagic Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Ed Creation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional movements, resources, tools, and practices that are reshaping learning. Hi, everyone. We've done a couple of episodes this past year on the important topic of media literacy. And today we're going to learn about a resource that makes research and source evaluation easy for students, but also supports and helps teachers from all content areas to deliver this instruction in integrated ways. Our first guest, Nancy Florio, has been an independent school librarian for 22 years. She holds degrees in library science and instructional technology design and has taught library science at the graduate level. I'm very interested not just in the reading books aspect of library, but in how we access information and how we evaluate information and making information um, accessible and available to all of um, the users. I love working with teenagers. So I think they're, they're a really fun age group. They're very honest and they're exploring the world a lot. And so Nancy, I'm excited because you came to share a resource that I feel like is so important and so, so helpful to, with our listeners called InfoBase. So tell, first of all, tell us how you learned about this resource. When I was working at a school called Canterbury School in New Milford, Connecticut, um, I was working with uh, history teachers doing research. And I found that there was a gap in terms of having reliable information that students could easily access, easily understand, and use. So many students um, come to rely on Googling. Uh, And we know that students don't always um, sort through it or evaluate it. So it's very helpful to have reliable information that you can point them to that's created by subject matter experts and that um, that it's understandable for them. They're not going to have millions of results that they have to wade through. They'll have uh, results on specific Top, you know, topics. There are topic centers in the um, in the infobase databases. So, so there we had a gap, and um, I was familiar with some of their resources um, just through conferences and professional journals. And so we did a trial, and the students loved them, and the teachers loved them, and I've been using them ever since. Part of the reason why I'm excited about this is because. As you said, the internet, it's, it's, a, it's a treasure chest and a quagmire, both, right? Absolutely. And we're all just now gaining or trying to gain some media literacy skills to figure out what are reliable sources. And honestly, most adults don't know either. They don't have no. skills or the, or the tools to help figure out who and what is to be believed, you know, and, and to be relied on. So, and so certainly our kids don't have that yet, you know, they're just now learning those skills and schools are just starting to implement 
media literacy standards and, and media literacy education. And so, of course, our kids don't know. And so this is so, so important that they're able to have this pre-curated library of resources where you just know they're going to be able to go and get reliable information. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So for the listeners who've not heard of InfoBase, talk about what exactly is this and how do you implement it and where in the school? I think InfoBase is great because they have a suite of different resources. I think it supports scaffolding knowledge. It's almost a substitute for Wikipedia. Uh, It's called Source Reference, and it's a very general database that contains information on just about any topic. It's wonderful. They organize it well. They have um, what's called a mind map, where if you have one idea, but you don't know exactly what it is about that topic that you want to research, it gives you um, many, many subtopics, and you can click on a subtopic, and then it organizes the results on that topic. So it gives you so many options in terms of exploring general information. And it's all coming from basically subject-specific encyclopedias. So it's written by subject matter experts. This seemed like the perfect moment to introduce our second guest today. Bonnie Bland has been an educator for over 30 years. She was in corporate training and project management prior to entering the K-12 world. She has worked with districts to build some of the best technology platforms in the country. She's created statewide technology certification programs, and in addition to working with students, she works with teachers to design technology integration projects. She's one of those teachers who is technically retired, but who will never really stop working. She sidelines right now as an elementary robotics teacher and a consultant helping Texas teachers learn about and use InfoBase. We pulled her in to give us a bigger picture. The InfoBase products were resources that were, it was a comprehensive package, really. And they were resources for all curriculum areas and for all grade levels. So that's what made it so great for our districts because the package was really great for research and for learning. And many districts also use their World Almanac for Kids. And then the Learn360, their video, it just really proved invaluable, especially during COVID when districts were really needing additional online resources. It really filled a big gap. I believe that learning needs to be relevant for students So I always tried to incorporate technology with real life projects like running a small business or creating a travel plan to go somewhere. So um, I used a lot of my corporate background and to help my students um, with their projects. So um, it was a lot of fun. And and I think the students really enjoyed that so much more than just um, just a how to type projects. In terms of project-based learning and research, Nancy mentioned that InfoBase has a feature that allows you to connect other databases so that it will populate articles on your chosen topic from any linked databases all in one place. This reduces the need for students to click around or conduct numerous searches. It's really nice that it stays in, you know, the students in one place. So they're not just wandering all over the internet, which I agree. It's like a wild west out there. There really aren't any rules. And um, so the source reference makes it super easy to, to find general information. 
And then they also have a research builder um, series, research skills series, where it teaches them everything from um, how to write a thesis sentence, uh, proper citation, um, how to paraphrase, really great skills that they need to learn to, to use information ethically. And along those lines, it has... Um, there are all kinds of features where you can save the article for teachers. If they find an article that's helpful, they can embed that article directly into their learning management system. They can share it to Google Classroom. So you could generate a classroom discussion based on one article itself. You could have different teams read different sections of an article and then present it to each other. So there's a lot of ways that you can use it. And um, so they also have a um, site um, button where you can actually copy and paste citation. It helps students keep all of their digital information in one place. So far, Nancy has been referring to InfoBase's general information database, but they also have a suite of topic and content-specific databases. They have American history online, um, ancient world history online, modern world history online, science. Students can explore uh, primary sources, maps, charts, graphs. Um, they break it down into topic centers and different eras. And there are also resources that are shared um, with teacher. There are curriculum um, resources for teachers. So, you know, using editorial cartoons, for instance. So it tells the teacher how to incorporate that into a lesson. And then there are also guidelines for students how to analyze a primary source document, how to analyze a political cartoon. They have a, an entire um, section on primary sources within each database. And then when you move into more critical thinking, um, they have issues and controversies in history uh, database, which is wonderful because then it, it really breaks down uh, topics into pro-con arguments. So when a student is struggling, they're writing a research paper, they don't really have a thesis, or they're not really sure about, you know, they're usually like, um, you know, what's your topic on <laughs> conversation? And they'll say, oh, the Second World War, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, that's a bit big. Let's try and narrow it down. So, so we could go to that, that era in the Second World War, and there are different um, issues and controversies that they can look at specifically. Japanese internment, uh, westward expansion, the relocation of uh, Native Americans, women's rights. You know, they're, they're, I think they're fantastic for students who really struggle with how do I find something to write about? How do I come up with a thesis and have it be broad enough that I can find information, but narrow enough that I can really cover the topic clearly. So I think it's just basically a really holistic approach to teaching students in information skills, um, information literacy skills, um, ethical use of information, and um, how, to, how to analyze the um, accuracy of information. I think we're all struggling with misinformation and disinformation. And I think the more students are exposed to reliable information, they begin to understand what reliable information 
feels like when you read it. You know, nobody's trying to get you angry. <laughs> nobody's trying to, you know, rile you up or, um, you know, have, uh, you know, headlines that are clickbait. Yeah. So my head is exploding right now because um, I I also, I taught high school English as well, 10th and 12th grade. And the research paper process, now this was many years ago, but there just wasn't a digital tool that allowed them to keep all of their information organized and in one place and to track their sources. So we were still doing it on index cards. Yes. And it's a nightmare. And it's just, it's a nightmare trying to teach that process and to help them figure out how to stay organized in that process. So for that reason alone, this is amazing. Absolutely. It's a supplemental resource that I'm hearing has applications in almost every content area. Bonnie had this to add regarding the range of resources within and applications of Infobase. So there's the uh, research databases, which is great for social studies, but there's also that World Almanac for Kids, which is the interface is at a better level for those students that are younger, can go down to pre-K and kindergarten. We're always updating that with current material and current video. Um, For instance, the um, series Arthur on PBS that recently went offline, we were able to purchase some of those PBS Arthur videos and put those into our Learn360 video platform. We've got Sesame Street and Reading Rainbow and a lot of really popular uh, video that people have loved over the years that are really great for learning for those older students in that video platform too. Almost 200,000 multimedia assets for those students at all levels and for the teachers. And we even encourage our students to share the products with their parents because there's things like how to create a resume, how to interview for a job, how to uh, fix things even. A lot of people use YouTube, but we're trying to stay away from that in the education uh, world. So this gives you kind of a YouTube for education along with the supplemental printables and then also some interactive lessons. So it really meets a lot of gaps um, because those interactives uh, have really proved to be very, very useful with blended learning and online learning. Infobase also has resources for universities and colleges and public libraries and corporations. So it's really a very comprehensive um, package. Yeah, it sounds like it. And these are all things that teachers are going to be searching out to integrate into classrooms anyway, but with Infobase they can assume that it's already been curated somewhat for quality and content. And are they able to search, filter their searches within Infobase? That's been one of the major uh, upgrades or what we call an enhancement that we've done recently, um, which I really, really like because it's so much easier to filter out. Because when you're talking about, you know, hundreds of thousands of of assets, 200,000 assets just in Learn360 alone. That's a lot. And so to be able to filter is very, very important. And you can filter by grade level. You can filter by subject level. You can filter by uh, publisher. If you like to do that, you can filter by uh, date that it's been, that it was produced. You can also filter by uh, 
products that uh, have educator resources, for instance, uh, lesson plans and teacher guides and so on. You can filter by uh, experiments if you want to. You're looking for just science experiments. So there's some really uh, great filtering that's very, very easy to use to narrow down to exactly what you need. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's super helpful. And then grade level wise, can you find resources for all grade levels? Yes, actually pre-K through 12. We have a lot of pre-K resources. Uh, Those that are not strong readers or just learning to read, they've got that read aloud function. We also have a translation feature on all of our resources where any of the info-based resources can be translated into multiple languages. I would have to say probably over 40 different languages. We also do uh, the transcripts with the videos. So the students have the transcripts and the closed captions with the videos. Tell me about some of the ways that you're seeing teachers use and integrate this because it's not a curriculum. It's a supplemental resource for enhancing really any, almost any content area at any grade level. So what are people doing with this? We see a lot of um, the teachers using the video resources to supplement what they're doing in the classroom because uh, we've recently added a quiz feature where you they can make a quiz and attach that to any video or audio. And in Learn360, they can take a video, put that quiz attached to it so the students um, can have some interaction with the video as they're learning. And that came out right before that uh, COVID and the remote learning. So it came out just at the right time. And it really created a very easy way for teachers to be able to assess how students were doing with that quiz maker. And, and we also used it, like I said, with video and audiobooks. over 600 audiobooks for all age levels from pre-K on up. And so you can also do the quiz with the audiobook. There's also a playlist feature, which was very useful during online learning and also right now for a lot of substitutes. You know, a lot of schools are having to use substitute teachers because they're shorthanded. So um, the playlist feature is just like the playlist that you see in YouTube and Spotify. And then you can actually um, create your own introduction video and attach that to the playlist and then have the playlist that they want the students to go through, which is great for flipped classroom learning. This is Nancy again. And I think that beyond the teachers using it, what happens is once the students use it, mm-hmm. they know to go there. Okay. So even if a, a teacher doesn't direct them there, they know if they need to find a reliable source that it's, it's one of the easier um, and more visually pleasing databases that we have. So which is why I think the students love it so much. Okay. So your district chose info-based, maybe over some other options, I'm guessing. So can you talk about why that is? So this really um, supplemented a a more of a general um, information need. So because kids can't really dive deeply unless they have uh, a solid understanding. 
And, you know, they can't jump right into reading, say, a JSTOR article, um, something from a scholarly journal where it's really an expert writing for another expert. And I know, you know, many of our teachers, because we are, you know, it's college prep, you know, they do want their students to use peer-reviewed journal articles. But unless they have solid background information, they really, um, they don't get as much as they could. From, from those scholarly articles. So that, that's pretty much the need that it's filled for us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because they're too dense for the kids reading. Them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you've had good success in finding the kinds of resources that are accessible for those. Yes. Resources. And I think that the students like it too, because it, um, it's familiar. It's easy. They're easy to read. Um, it's user-friendly, it has a clean interface, they can navigate easily, the, you know, the topic pages in the um, source reference resemble a Wikipedia page in many ways, so, so it's, you know, it's almost like Wikipedia, but better <laughs> kind of thing, so they really enjoy it, and then when they get into the subject-specific databases, they're all formatted the same, so it's very, it's, uh, very familiar, you know, they develop a mastery on how to navigate through. They know that, you know, once they do a search that there, there will be links across the top for a timeline, for videos, for images, for a primary source, um, for news. So it's, um, it's wonderful the way they've organized all of the databases visually. There have been a lot of other content providers that have um, done uh, upgrades to their interface, and they're not as easy to to navigate as these. So, InfoBase actually worked with uh, a group of teachers, and I was one of those teachers actually back when I was in the teaching field, and um, to develop the interface to be very user friendly, and it, it does make your job easier. Okay. Um, and the learning curve is very, very low. Um, it's very intuitive. It's very easy to use the product. It's very easy to uh, create folders and save items in folders. We even allow teachers to be able to create their own uh, segments and save those into their folders, so they can really you can customize everything that you want to customize. Yeah, that's good to hear because I was curious about the student response and the student level of engagement and how can you tell that students like it, but it sounds like that has been good. Can Do you have any stories regarding, you know, successful student interaction with this resource? Sure. Um, I think that I think back to one girl I was working with and they, in um, her junior year, we call it the fifth form, um, they had been reading uh, Beloved. And so she was writing a paper and she had to choose a, a topic that somehow she would pull in the themes from Beloved, uh, but she wasn't really sure what that would be. So we were in um, source reference using the mind map. And um, so she just she settled on feminism. So she, we typed in feminism, and then it just sort of you know fanned out. And then she saw second wave feminism, and she's like, "Well, what's that?" So we clicked on that, and then that fanned out again. And then there was 
third wave, but there was also black feminism. So she clicked on that and she was like just thrilled that she found something that sort of incorporated all of her interests. And um, I don't think she would have ended up there without the mind map because you don't know what you don't know. This is ideal because typically what what I've seen in the past with my students is that in these research projects and these research papers, right? These rites of passage research papers that they have to write in high school, they have um, a topic that they're very attached to. Mm. And the process basically ends up being, I know what I think about this. I know what I want to say about this. And I just need to find the sources that are going to reinforce my idea. Absolutely. It's what you're describing where I have a broad thing that I want to learn about and know about. And then they have this resource that says, here are 10 ways you can go with that. And here are all the resources you'll need. And so in the research paper, they're actually doing genuine research where they're learning about something new or maybe changing their thinking on something and definitely their thinking. Yes. Yes. And those are really wonderful um, times, you know, when that happens with a student. Your research isn't just finding a source that, um, you know, that echoes what you believe. I think that, I think that it helps to encourage them to really think about what they uh, know and don't know about a topic instead of jumping in to look for specifics right away. Yeah. So, and and the fact that it feels kind of a curriculum niche as well. They give um, some ideas, project ideas, compare and contrast, you know, to look at the topic centers and have students um, break them into teams and compare um, one issue to another, to uh they have um, notable people within different um, topics, you know, using choose a key event um, and think about um, what has changed as a result of this key event. What would our life be like if this key event hadn't happened? So I think a lot of teachers are really under pressure these days. They have so many things to try and teach and cover that any kind of help in um, meeting the standards, you can find different uh, parts of the database that will support different state standards. It supports visual learning too. You know, I think so many of our students learn visually. We tend to remember more when we see something. It takes so much time to create a slideshow. Oh, for hours and hours and hours. And, you know, so it's nice to have, you know, some prepared material that you know um, is along the topic, uh, related to the topic that you're going to be covering in class. So, yeah, that is gold for sure. Mm -hmm. That anything that is that kind of a time saver. And I can, I can imagine. Um, incorporating some of these lessons and skills in pretty much everything you're doing all year long, you're little by little layering on these skills and there's writing helps for the students to get them, to get them writing and prompts and guides. Um, That just sounds, it sounds amazing. Is there any 
way to quantitatively measure student outcomes in relation to using this resource? I think, you know, before student outcomes, just statistics, you know, it's really easy on my end as the librarian to go into uh, the back end, the administrative side, and to get statistics, usage statistics. So it would break down, you know, you can break it down by month, you know, how many searches, how many, you know, things were clicked on. So there's that. And then I think in terms of student outcomes, I like to do surveys with kids. So sort of pre and post surveys, like, you know, what do you know? You know, how comfortable are you on a scale of one to 10 doing citations, doing, you know, evaluating information and, and look from there, give them certain scenarios and ask them, you know, how would you handle that? So, you know, so most of it is self-report in terms of quantitative data. It probably, we would see that through um, how teachers evaluate their you know, their uh, finished work. Yeah. Are you seeing better writing? Are Absolutely. Higher quality are, you know, are students really as the, as year, year after year, are they gaining better research skills and better media literacy skills? In this day and age of information, kids can find any information. They can find the facts. They can find any event. They can find information about a person, whatever. So the goal, my goal for them is then, what do you think about this? How do you think about it? You know, all those metacognitive skills that um, that they really need to, you know, how do I think about, you know, when I'm thinking about things and when I'm looking for information, what do I really need? I think the skills that we're teaching them through content, uh, learning about content, those skills are transferable in every subject area and into their personal lives as well. Just to be clear, the databases aren't limited to nonfiction content, in case you're getting that impression. Their Bloom's Literature Database features literature for all grade bands and helps students understand how to read and interact with literature in terms of writing about character, identifying themes, literary analysis, rhetoric, and so much more. Honestly, if I were still an English teacher, Infobase would be my best friend. I asked Nancy to give us an idea of the breadth of all the different curated databases available through Infobase. Of course, there's all of the history ones, but then there's biographies online. Uh, They have a career guidance center, a classroom video on demand, um, a health reference center, um, literature online, Bloom's Literature. They have a middle and high school collection of eBooks. They have um, a research database polling the nations, science online, today's science, uh, the World Almanac for Kids is an info-based product, World Cinema Collection, World Geography, uh, the World News Digest, and a Writer's Reference Center. So those are ones for K-12. And for colleges and universities, the, um, they go. They have Allied Health Collection, Animal and Veterinary Science Collection, Anthropology, oh uh, Art and Architecture. I mean, these are all databases that high schools uh, could subscribe to as well. They have Business and Economics, Career Engagement, Computer Science, and Information Technology. Um, 
counseling and social work, criminal justice. So it just, it's the entire uh, gamut of disciplines yeah. that they cover. Uh, they have a nursing, pharmaceutical science, philosophy and religion, philosophy, physical science, political science, psychology. It seems obvious that pretty much any teacher could benefit from access to these curated databases and resources, but I wanted to know if they were equally valuable to all students. For the English language learners in Texas, we've got where I'm where I'm at, we've got a lot of English language learners, not only Spanish, but we have a lot of Vietnamese and recently a lot of Afghan and Ukrainian refugees. So with the translate feature that we've got where they can translate the whole page into their native language, that makes it very, very important for them. Mm -hmm. We also have Spanish videos and we have Spanish materials for our students and German, French, and Chinese, and quite a few other languages. So there's a lot for English language learners. So how current are they? How often do they get updated? Do you know about that? Yeah, I think I think the majority of them are very current. You know, say, say women's rights, that has been updated. There are articles on racial profiling now. So um, gun control. Um, Second Amendment, those things are kept current. So, yeah, I'm I'm very pleased with it. And for students, too, you know, like we'll talk about um, if you're looking for information on cancer, does that matter? Does publication date matter? Whereas if you're looking for information on World War II, how current does that information need to be? You mentioned that the interface is really intuitive and appealing. Um, How quickly can a teacher and or student um, become a proficient user of InfoBase? Do you, is there training involved? Can you jump right in? I think you can jump right in. They have educators guides. They have a quick, quick start guides that sort of points out where everything is, but you can, it's search box front and center. You know, it's really easy to, it's very user-friendly. Because teachers, I think for the most part, we like stuff that we can just take and use right away. That, that Absolutely. That we don't have to spend three days in a workshop to figure out how to use it. Absolutely. You then can pass directly on to your students. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And kids love that too. Yes. So what would you say, just in conclusion, Nancy, is your very favorite thing about InfoBase? I love the issues and controversies database. Because I love having kids think about all sides of an issue. Um, And if I had to say the thing that I like about the products as a whole, just how easy they are to navigate, you know, that it's just a clean, simple design. It's not hard to find what you want. Um, It's very straightforward and it integrates well with other platforms that many teachers you and schools use now. Yeah. I feel like we could all benefit from the issues and controversies. You know, kids need to hear a perspective different than the one that maybe they're hearing at home or different than the preferred news source that they're used to. It's what our country all needs right now to learn how to listen to each other and consider um, right. all the sides. Yes, I, I completely agree that being able to look at all sides of an issue um, is a great skill to have. 
Well, I love what you just said because I have been, I've interviewed a couple of people on the podcast recently about media literacy. And one of the clues um, or one of the, the things that you want to look at in media literacy is if you're reading something and you're feeling emotional or triggered by what you're reading, that's on purpose. Yes. You're being manipulated. Yes. And so I don't think that we really listen and read things with that in mind. So it's yes. so important to be able to go to some place to learn and not be manipulated. Right. It's such a comfort and so hopeful that there are resources available like this as we um, move into an increasingly technological you know, world where there's so much information out there that we have to continually weed through that somebody's helping weed through it for us. Right. I agree. Students really want an easy way. They want the easy button. And, you know, Google does provide that easy button, but what you get with the easy button isn't always accurate. So when we can give them some reliable information that really includes that easy button, yeah. everybody wins. Bonnie confirmed that Infobase has subscription packages for users at every level. Districts, individual schools, classrooms, individual teachers, homeschoolers, and families. We're all about making sure that they get exactly what they need and uh, to make it easier for them. You can connect to Infobase through the link in the episode notes or by visiting edcuration.com and searching Infobase, all one word. Infobase offers pilot opportunities, so this new school year is the perfect time to give it a try and see if a subscription would be right for your classroom, school, or district. I think that you and your students, like Nancy and Bonnie, will become fans. While you're at Ed Curation, take a minute to set up your login and educator dashboard, allowing you to save, evaluate, and compare other valuable teaching tools like Infobase. We'll help you make sure that the resources in your classrooms are the best fit for your priorities, population, and budget. Purchase directly through Ed Curation and receive a 10% discount. Thanks for listening today. We hope you found this episode helpful and even a little inspiring. If so, we'd appreciate a star rating on Apple or Spotify. And we hope you'll join us again next week at Ed Curation, where we're reshaping learning. Mm-hmm.